Okay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Cue the Creative. This is episode two entitled Mediation and Motivation. And I'm excited for you to meet our next guest. Her name is Alice Shakina, and she is a fascinating individual. I love how she has been praised on her business website from attorneys everywhere in her mediation and arbitration strategies and business. And they say that she has tremendous emotional intelligence. And that is very intriguing to me because I think that is a very rare attribute, especially in times of stress that we are all feeling right now. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Alice Shakina. Are you there, Alice? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. It's an honor to talk to you today. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about you, where you come from, uh, your education, and so forth? Sure. So I grew up, I've been all over the place, and I grew up in southern Louisiana and spent all my years of school down there. So I, I basically grew up in Cajun country. Love it. Um, <laughs> and um, then I went to college and I studied uh, acting as my undergraduate um, in Ohio. And after I did that, then I wanted to change focus a little bit. So I left to go abroad and I lived in the Czech Republic and studied Czech theater history and um, the language. So I became fluent in Czech, which is unusual. Um, it is very unusual, but very cool. Yeah. And then I decided I wanted to move towards directing. So when I made that decision, I moved all the way across the planet to Honolulu, Hawaii, and started a master's degree there in directing. So I was Very there. cool. And d- so did you work as a director in Hawaii, or were you studying directing there in Hawaii? I studied directing there, and then a few years later, I moved to San Francisco, and I became the artistic director for a very small theater company uh, called Three Wise Monkeys Theater Company. And what we did is we produced shows written by local Bay Area playwrights. And so these were first time ever seeing plays and we put productions on. So that was really exciting. Um, And then I worked as a graphic designer alongside the time that I was doing directing. Um, And then eventually I became a mediator. Um, so wow. Yeah, it's been, it's, I've <laughs> probably transitioned um, careers maybe four times. <laughs> we, you're my kind of girl. <laughs> that has pretty much been my, my, um, my life story as well. Well, so tell me about what you do now in your company with mediation and arbitration. How do you help people with your business? So mediation is basically, you know, a lot of people don't know about it. They've heard about it. Everyone's heard about it. But then when you ask people, they pretty much, that's about all they know. Right. <laughs> is that they've heard about it. And so mediation is a really great way to resolve conflicts between people. It could be between neighborly disputes. It could be between couples who maybe want to stay together, but they have an issue that they continue fighting about the one thing, you know, that they can't agree on. Um, It could be between um, estranged siblings and estranged parents and children. So I've mediated several of those where they haven't spoken in a year or more, and they want to try to make amends and get back together as as a relationship, have a relationship. And so I've mediated those as well. I do a lot of divorce mediations. And so my job as a divorce mediator is to try to help divorcing couples um, get through their divorce, A, without litigation, 
and B, to have like a co-parenting plan in place, uh, child support plans in place to have uh, figure out how to split up their assets and just come up with a plan for a post-marital life so that things can run smoothly. Um, I do a lot of landlord-tenant stuff where, you know, landlords and tenants are arguing about wanting them to move out or there's some issues that they're not working for them and they want to, you know, resolve it. And so I come in and help them resolve that. So we figure out a plan of action so that both sides can be happy about that. So I do a lot of different kinds of mediations. That's great. I didn't realize that mediators could handle all of those different situations. When I think of a mediator, you know, I just think it's mainly for divorces and, and, you know, trying to resolve that kind of thing. But I think that's a really amazing service that you're providing. And I'm sure a lot of people could use that. Now tell me about your theater background and how you think that aids in what you're doing now. I think that is so fascinating because I come from performing arts background. And so I would love to know how that helped you in your business now. Sure. Yeah. So I always tell people that I take all of the learnings that I did in my acting training and my directing and bring it into my mediation practice. And I feel like it makes me a little bit unique um, because most mediators don't come from a a theater background. Um, One of the things that um, you learn as an actor when you're actually deeply studying acting is you're learning how to read people, right? So you're not just learning how to emulate a role, um, but you're learning how to read the other actors that you're working with and you right. have an objective, right? So you as the actor have an objective. I want to get X, Y, and Z reaction from the other person. Mm. And so, yeah, so you have to really deeply, deeply read what's going on with the other actor who is playing a specific character. So when you're watching someone's body language, I've heard that people specialize in this kind of communication. Can you tell by their body language how what they're thinking or you know like how they're about to react absolutely that's crazy yes I um I frequently say to people who are you know interviewing me to become their mediator I literally can catch misunderstandings in midair because I'm reading the other person's body language and I can see already before they say anything that they're in disagreement that they're getting angry and so I literally stop the first person from talking because I can see that it's already upsetting the second person. And I already can see that there's a misunderstanding happening. And so I will say, let me make sure that I understand what you're saying. Let me repeat back what I heard. And I will repeat back what I heard either in my own words, or I will repeat it back, you know, close to verbatim. And when Uh I am saying it, the other side can hear it a lot more clearly because they're not listening to me with the same filters that they're listening to the other side. That's making them, who's making them upset. That's fascinating. That's so fascinating. Well, I think it's really great. Now you can do this from afar or do you have to be in the room to do your business? Can you do this over the phone or how does this work? Absolutely. So you can do it and we have what we call ADR, which is alternative dispute services or, alternative dispute resolution services and that you know mediation and arbitration fall into that and they have something called odr which is online dispute resolution okay so there are many ways to do it um i can do zoom mediation so people can be anywhere in the world and i can see them and we can mediate that way i can put them into private rooms we call it caucusing it's basically splitting the parties so that they're in separate rooms and i can have a private conversation with each side And then we can get back together if that's appropriate. 
Um, I see. So yeah, and then telephone uh, mediations are also considered online. And then, you know, you've probably, um, I don't know if you've experienced it before, but when you send in an email to say some, some company like eBay to say, I want my money back, I don't like this. That's also a form of mediation. Okay. Interesting. I did not know that. Now I saw this about you and I think this is amazing. I, I think this was a few years ago. You signed up to, to be like a Muay Thai fighter. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. Muay Thai. Am, am I saying, Muay Thai. Okay. Muay Thai, which sounds absolutely terrifying. So please <laughs> share that experience. And how in the world did you get, you know, into that? Or what made you interested to do that? Yeah, that's a really fun story. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so I am all about reinventing yourself, as you can probably tell from the fact that I've changed my career so many times. And about 10 years ago, I was uh, finishing up a divorce. And so I just decided I want to reinvent myself. And so I went ahead and took a Muay Thai kickboxing class, but that's all it was. It was like a, you know, exercise cardio class. And okay. my trainer at the time was um, an ex-fighter. He had fought professionally for several years. And he started to encourage me to actually um, train and to fight in an amateur. Well, it was, it was an amateur uh, fight, but it was a, a national uh, tournament. Wow. <laughs> and I have oh, never gosh. in my life done any combat sports whatsoever. Never. Okay. So here I am. Wow. Uh, at that time I was 39 years old and he said, you should do it. You should totally, you know, I think he saw like my, my spunky spirit. Right. And said, you should totally, um, try this. And I was very hesitant and I literally sat on the fence trying to make my decision because I was very afraid of getting into a ring with some unknown person. Uh, yes. Someone who is trying to like, you know, beat come at your face. Me. <laughs> yeah. Come at your face. Doesn't yes. sound very appealing. So but hey, of- you do have a name like Alice Shakina, which is a champion's name. So you have that going for you. But <laughs> anyway, but you could carry on. Okay. So then you were you were trying to decide, like, do I do this? Is this crazy? Or exactly. do I really want to challenge myself? Exactly. So I thought about it and you know, I would say the reason why I decided to go for it is because I was terrified. And one of the ways that I live my life and I've always lived my life is to walk towards my fears. And then I walk through them and then I come out on the other side. And so this was a wow. probably one of the largest fears I've ever had. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so I trained for three months and I have to tell you, you know, most people think of training like the physical training, um, you know, but I would say mentally and emotionally, it was like a much harder fight to fight wow. to get to the place. Yeah, you have to really, first of all, you have to stay committed. So you have to do your trainings. I was training six days a week, uh, three hours a day. Luckily, oh, I was working part time at the time. Um, and I had two children at the time, two small kids. <laughs> so I would wake wow. up at five o'clock in the morning and get ready and train from like 6 to 7.30 a.m. And then again, train from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And, you know, you have to eat very uh, healthily. I had to lose, I think I had to lose like 15 to 20 pounds. Um, So I went from like 139 to 115. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. And I only have three months to do that. So you have to be extremely disciplined. You have to show up for all the trainings. But the thing that's the biggest challenge that I had to overcome was the fear that is like rattling around in your head every day. Yes. <laughs> I mean, totally. You're trying to, you're just imagining that ring. Yes. Every day. Yeah. And you're like, what does she look like? Is she big? Is she yes. fast? Is she mean? Is she, what is she? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. This all of this is going on in your head. And to make matters worse, my trainer decided to put me in the advanced category, which means people have four or more fights and I had zero. So he he registered me for the advanced. And so yeah, I I wasn't sure who was I was gonna go up against, how many fights they have had, how brutal they're going to be when I got in the ring. And so it was very scary. And so I have to say that the training that you have to do is you have to be able to control those fears in your mind. You have to Mm. literally like put a saddle and some reins and you have to show your fears. Pull it back. The boss. (laughs) Pull that horse back. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, and so tell me like leading up to the fight, what happened at, at the fight? I I can't wait to hear what happened. (laughs) So we had to fly to Iowa. So I flew from San Francisco to Iowa, spent the night. We did the away ins the day before and I didn't quite make it. So then I had to wear like sweatpants and I had to wear trash bags and go outside in 90 degree weather and jump rope for like five to 10 minutes. Um, I also had to go into a sauna and have various people come in and um, basically have me do kickboxing inside of a sauna until I lost all the, the water weight so I could make weight. And wow. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering why you didn't quit. Like, you know, most, most people would just say, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. But you had come so far and you had overcome so much that I think at that point you had invested in yourself. You didn't want to give up on yourself at that point, I guess. Exactly. But I have to tell you that night, um, one of the trainers had a meeting with all the fighters on their team. And I joined that, that, you know, that meeting and it was a turning point, like literally the night before he hmm. said to everybody, you know what? The fight is over. Basically hmm. tomorrow is just for fun. The fight is the two or three months that you have been spending training for, for tomorrow. And that wow. literally that perspective changed everything for me. Because all my fears vanished, all my nervousness vanished, because I realized that what he said was 100% true. I had gone through, like, just horrible fears, coming home, crying, you know, and being alone in this fear because there isn't anyone else that you're training with that's, you know, going Going through it with you. Yeah, exactly. So you're by yourself. It's very, very lonely. And I thought, wow, he's totally right. So the next day I was waiting for my turn and it was five minutes before my turn was coming up and I felt super calm. I felt very, very calm, very relaxed. And I got into the ring and I fought against someone else who had had seven MMA fights. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I can't. <laughs> I only lost due to um, judges decision. So I actually hung in there uh, for all the all the rounds. So I hung wow. Yeah. So and I, I was as aggressive as I could be. <laughs> that is amazing. I I wish I could have been a fly on the wall that day. So much to see that. Well, and also, you know what's amazing is when you have your perspective shifted, 
how incredible how much it can change your emotional state Absolutely. and just how you're approaching that situation, which I would say that was good training for yes. a mediator for yes, sure. It was. And so that leads me to my next question. You know, obviously we've got a lot of fear going on in our world right now and with this virus and, and how we're all homebound and we're facing all kinds of new probably relationship issues all over the world because they're with their families more than they're used to, you know, yes. <laughs> lots of things going on. So since you're an ex, like an expert in communication and conflict resolution, what advice could you give others during this time? I mean, what would be the nuggets we could take away to help us communicate effectively? So one of the things that really helps communication become effective is setting up the ground rules before the conflict, mm, right? Okay. Someone asked me, I was giving some, you know, I, I was talking about how um, in another talk, I talked about how you should not continue having a discussion about important things when you're angry, you should just wait. And, and, and so someone asked me, what do you do when someone says, well, I'm not going to let you go to bed because you're mad and we're going to finish talking through this. And my answer is to set up the, the ground rules prior you know, in that particular okay. instance, I would say, hey, have a discussion to say, okay, you know what? I realize that when I'm angry, I can't really think very clearly. And so let's agree that the next time I'm upset before bedtime, that you will let me go to bed without finishing the conversation. And then I promise that we will continue the conversation the next day when I feel a little less angry or a little less emotional. That way you get agreement from both sides prior to the conflict erupting. You cannot make up the ground rules when you're in the middle of the conflict already. That's such good advice. I know as a school teacher, my husband and I both taught school and it's the same with your students. If you know what their triggers are before, you know, the, the escalated behavior comes, it really helps. And then just telling them what's expected, but I've never thought about it in a relationship with your spouse or with your kids to set up the ground rules first. And I love that idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely works because you've both come to that agreement before that. So then when you do say, Hey, look, I need some space. Like right now, everyone is cooped up, right? In several states, yes. we have shelter in place where I am, we're sheltering in place and we have no idea how long it's going to go. And so people are just cooped up and it's, you know, something that most people don't experience that they they're being around the same people 24 seven, whether it's yes. children or their spouses. And so to be able to say like, okay, when I'm getting tense, I'm going to, you know, say some code word or just say, I need, I need a timeout and to be able to take that timeout, but you can't do it in the moment. You can't just tell somebody all of a sudden I need a timeout because the other person hasn't agreed to the strategy and they might say, no, you're not taking a timeout. We're going to continue having this conversation. You can't leave. Right. I see. But yeah. if you say it prior and say, look, if I call for a timeout because I'm feeling stressed out or I'm feeling like I don't have enough space, then you need to say, OK, and can we agree to that, that we both do this? And then, you know, you can retreat to another room or what have you. But there is a caveat. You have to still tell the other person that you're going to come back and continue the conversation when you're not feeling so negatively impacted. Right. You can't yeah. just run away from all the conversations. Right. I was about to say you can't run away. 
And that's probably what a lot of people want to do because the conflict is still there. It hasn't been resolved. Exactly. So it's not during their break. Exactly. It's not fair for them to just say, I want a timeout because then people can call timeouts and run away from everything. You have to at least commit to coming back to the conversation at a later time. Right. Well, let's go on to talk about how I know attorneys have praised you for your tremendous emotional intelligence. And I think that's fascinating because I, that's an attribute that I find really, really amazing. I, I know you're a creative as well, which is very rare for a creative because we have tons of energy and we're all over the place and lots of ideas. And so with that comes passion and we're passionate about things. So how do you tame those emotions? Do you think that's something you learn from your parents? Do you think it's something that life experiences have given you? What gives you that emotional intelligence? Do you, can you pinpoint that? Um, I think I definitely was not born with it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any of us were. (laughs) I definitely had to cultivate it. Um, But I would say with emotional experience, I really try to empathize with everyone. So when I'm mediating on the one hand, yes, I am a neutral party. I'm not advocating for one side or the other. At the same time, I really feel deeply for how everyone in the room is feeling like. And so it's not so much that I take on their emotions, but because I can understand them, I can talk to them in a way that they don't feel offended by anything I say. They don't feel like I'm on the other person's side. They all feel like I am there helping them and supporting them. And you, they can feel that you care for them. Well, you know. Yes. And you care about this resolution. Absolutely. Yes. That's really great. Well, tell listeners where they can find you and, and uh, what your website is or if you have social media platforms and um, where you are on online. Sure. Uh, you can find me at alicechikina.com. And my last name is spelled S-H-I. K-I-N-A. And so you can find me there and I've got lots of videos talking about mediations and how they can help your life. And I'll be planning to post some more. And you can also find me on um, Facebook under Shakina Mediation and Arbitration. Great. Well, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk here on the show and give all of our listeners these great nuggets and these great stories that we can learn from. I believe that we learn so much from stories. You know, when we were kids, we heard stories all the time and we felt so motivated and we learned things from those stories. And I think that your stories do motivate people. And, you know, just a few things that takeaways that I have learned from you is walk towards your fears. And a lot of people do the opposite. But the thing that I was thinking about when you were saying you're your thing that you do is you walk towards your fears, then that fear can't control you because you're controlling it. And I think that's amazing. And then the other thing was just the communication rules that you set up before the conflict. And I think those are just great things that you've taught our listeners today. And we appreciate you. And I wish you the best and stay well and don't go start crazy <laughs> in your San Francisco home. And we will be here in Texas in our home. And I don't think we're going anywhere either. And, um, but I'm so thankful that you got online. And I'm just very grateful that you take, took the time to be with us. We thank you again, Alice. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Okay, great. Have a great day. Okay.